one point he had like, I know he had worry, he was wearing like worry beads, prayer beads on his wrists, and he had something you didn't see in the film <laughs> was um, a watch. So he had a watch in some of the concept art that just said like, I, it was like, I love Jesus. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, be donated. it's very offbeat. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I am a sad, lonely ghost living in a dark, <laughs> haunted mansion, Spencer Williams. <laughs> Hello, Spencer. <laughs> Hello, Elizabeth. How was your Halloween? It was lovely. It was. It, I didn't really do anything, but it was nice. It was nice. It was, it was relaxing. Nice. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I didn't do too much either. Um, just, you know, it's been one of those years we're keeping it a low key Halloween. We don't have yeah. the time or the energy to be creating all these expensive costumes. So we're keeping it, keeping it low key, but I did go to the costume designers guild and I Ooh. went to their movie night and saw, <gasps> um, Carrie for the first time, which is really good. Oh, wait, which one? The original? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I, I had to make sure. I've, I don't know how I've never seen Carrie, but I have now seen it. And also, costume designer Salvador Perez hosted a panel with the original costume designer of Carrie, Rosanna Norton, and that was just fabulous. Oh she was gosh. incredible. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so a little a little spooky event for Halloween, but yeah. nothing really on actual Halloween. No, but hey, it counts. It's Halloween. Yeah, it when Halloween falls like on the weekday, though, it's like what happens on the weekend before or after. Like, that's what counts. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also been watching some some interesting TV. Uh, first, I started. I don't know if I brought this up on a mm -hmm. podcast array, but I started this show on Netflix called Seinfeld. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That sounds like it might have been a 90s hit. I'm not sure, though, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually seen Seinfeld. So I've been watching that. Very funny. If you all have never <laughs> seen Seinfeld, you should check it out. It's really good. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is, you know, incredible. She's one of your favorites. She is. But so I feel like I... In order to back up my claim to loving Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I had to watch Seinfeld. So that's what I'm working on. And Interesting. Uh, also, currently, my dad is staying with me for some reasons we won't bring up on a podcast. Um, and because of that, I we've been watching lots of movies every night. And I uh -huh. mentioned the fact that I haven't seen like any of the original like gangster, mobster, mafia type movies. Like I've never seen The Godfather. I've never seen Scarface. I've never seen Goodfellas. I've, I've the only one I've really seen is The Departed, which is like a new ish one with all things considered. 
So yeah. we've been watching those. So last night we just watched Scarface with Al Pacino. And How was it? It was really good, actually. I'm really obsessed <laughs> with it. I think I might need, I might have a career change happening in my near future. Mm, okay. Well, keep that, keep those thoughts in check. I don't know. Um, I mean, it seemed pretty all fun and games until like the very end, which whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was shown, <laughs> I was actually, that's like the one part I've seen of Scarface is because I haven't seen a lot of these movies either or I've seen them like little bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. And but I was I was working on one of those student films and there's a fight between these two sisters in like in it. And she was like, I want the fight between these two sisters to have the same energy as this final fight in Scarface. <laughs> So she played us from like where his sister comes into the room oh, yeah. to when he's like murdering everybody. And I was just like, okay, independent student film. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hollywood. Um, uh, yeah. But what is interesting though, and we'll get into our episode right after this, but uh, the costumes for Scarface designed by Patricia Norris, they're really good. Yeah. The costume design at work is actually really, really good because they recreate, you know, like Miami and all of these bright colors and all these suits. And I don't know. It was, we might need to consider doing like a little bit of a dive into some of these films because the costume design was really good. Okay. Not to mention all okay. the disco scenes too. Like those were all lots of fun. And you know how I feel That's about disco. You love it? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I thought that was clear, but I guess not. <laughs> and you, it sound, you sounded a little like maybe not. Uh, so I was confused for a second. Yeah. Anyway. Well, with all that being said, <laughs> too much of all that. We need to get back to the Haunted Mansion. Yes. This week we watched the Haunted Mansion. Oh. Oh. Such a fun film. I really enjoyed it. And I'm not going to hear anything else on the matter. It was lots of fun. I Same. Like, I gave it like an eight or, or nine yeah. out of ten stars. Because I'm like, this is like a kid, like a family m movie. Yeah. I mean, unless you're, unless it's like you only have a toddler, like pretty much any kid can watch this. It's not like overly scary. It deals with very like heavy but important experiences. In very like simple, heartfelt ways, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's like a extremely good family and kids film. Yeah, and it was like you said, it was beautiful. The themes that they were talking about, talking about death, and it, I thought it was done in a really tasteful, beautiful way. I thought it was funny. I was laughing. I thought Tiffany Haddish, of all people, was like really funny in it. Her with Owen Wilson, yeah, too. Owen Wilson's and Danny DeVito, the three of them interacting, especially because like they would have a lot of like side conversations, yeah, that would like get intercut with the main conversation. It was always hilarious. I've got to say, I've really come around on Owen Wilson the past like two years because I I never really? was like a I never didn't like Owen Wilson, but I never was like, oh man, Owen Wilson's in this. But then he did Loki. And Haunted Mansion. And this guy is funny. He was so funny in this film. I have always liked Owen Wilson. Although, like, he's not, like... You don't see him all the time. 
He's like he makes his hits. Count. I feel like he's yeah. <laughs> but also, I'm a huge fan of Haunted Mansion in general. I mean, who yes. doesn't have a story or that feeling when you go to Disneyland or Disney World and you ride Haunted Mansion? Like, there's just nothing better to me. I. I actually have gone jealous of people who have like gotten stuck on a ride because I I could just live in there. I just love that ride. And I was so excited for this film. They didn't have to do much for me to be super excited about it. Yeah, I I agree. I love the ride. And it's like it's so funny to say this about like a theme park ride, but there is a whole aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Around the Haunted Mansion. There is. It's true. There is definitely like a design direction when you think of Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And it's like not, I'm like, not a lot of rides have that. The only other one that I can kind of think of uh, would be Tower of Terror. Mm -hmm. I feel like that also has a very like. Small world perhaps. Yeah. But I think nothing comes close to the Haunted Mansion. Over the years, I've seen a lot of like hot topic s companies or like you know kind of like nerdy geeky like clothing companies come out with like haunted mansion like accessories or like pieces of clothing and it's like not a lot of rides get that (laughs) that kind of treatment (laughs) haunted mansion is a cultural icon um everyone loves it so i feel like if you love the ride you'll love this movie you all watched it this week so i know that you must have liked it a little bit if you were listening to our podcast episode. So I'm excited for this episode because we are going to be joined by a special guest just in a few minutes. But first, we got to get into our business. Elizabeth. Yes. I am going to read a summary for Haunted Mansion. Please do. I will. Uh, welcome, foolish mortals, to Disney's Haunted Mansion. In this film, a family moves into a decrepit mansion with a dark history, unaware of the supernatural secrets it holds. As they attempt to restore the house, they become entangled in a series of ghostly encounters and must unravel the mansion's sinister past to save their family from an otherworldly curse. And that is Haunted Mansion. Yes. If you haven't seen it, go watch it while we go behind the costumes with director Justin Simeon, and costume designer Jeffrey Kurland. You will know his work from Radio Days, Bullets Over Broadway, for which he got an Oscar win, Aaron Brockovich, for which he got a Costume Designer Guild Award, Inception, Tomorrowland, Ghostbusters 2016, Dunkirk, Mission Impossible Fallout, and Tenet. Ooh, okay. We have a nice little... I've heard so much about Jeffrey Curlin, and I would love to meet this man one day. Um, apparently, yeah. he is one of the best of the best. Uh, I mean, you could tell by looking at his notable work. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just talking to another designer about him also who said they asked him for a little bit of help on a film called Oppenheimer. So more on that later. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so this week I'm very excited as we have a special guest. Um, we're doing things a little bit different, so I'm very excited. We do not have the costume designer here this week, though, of course, Jeffrey Curlin, if you ever want to come on, I mean, our door is wide open. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we are being joined 
by our very first costume concept artist. We are being joined by Jen Hancock, a friend of mine who worked on Haunted Mansion as the costume concept artist who created a lot of the art for some of the characters and costumes we saw in this film. So, Elizabeth, I'm very excited to get into this because I've really wanted to learn about this industry and this world of illustration. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited, too. And everybody, we're going to take a little break and then we will jump right into the interview. excited to introduce my friend costume concept artist jen hancock hey jen welcome we're so excited to talk to you i'm excited to be here (laughs) just a short story for everyone listening i met jen just this year at comic-con elizabeth i kind of told you what it was like being there by yourself like the john snow experience (laughs) where you're drowning in seas of people and i finally found a costume designers guild booth like after searching probably way too long which i don't care to share and i looked up and i like made eye contact with jen and she made eye contact with me and i like knew her but i didn't really know her and jen introduced herself to me and i was like thank god someone i know i am so terrified right now kind of off to the side because there were a bunch of fans around and i was just like spencer (laughs) i was like oh my god a person (laughs) <laughs> I was That's so awesome. relieved. Um, so now you're here. So thank you so much for coming. I'm excited to talk into your work on Haunted Mansion. Hello. Yes, that was very fun. <laughs> well, uh, as we might have mentioned, uh, we're thrilled to have you as our first costume concept artist on a podcast. We've never had uh, basically anyone who hasn't worked as a costume designer, assistant costume designer. So we're very excited to talk to you. For those in our audience who might not be familiar with what that means, though, can you give us an overview of what a costume concept artist does? And how did you become one? How did that happen? Yeah, so basically what a costume concept artist does, costume illustrator, is where um, a designer either doesn't have, usually they don't have the time to do the artwork required to show their concepts to like a studio to get funding. Um or even sometimes show their ideas to a director to get a job. So they'll bring us on and um, they'll give us their mood boards or their sketches and have us put together just some really high concept art for them to sell their ideas. Um, on a film job, it's also, it's, it's kind of the same idea. We're kind of putting together all of this artwork to make sure everyone's on the same page as far as what this character looks like within this world. So we're primarily, a lot of us do have construction, like like garment construction knowledge. You kind of have to know how clothes go together to do this job well. A lot of us do have fashion and costume background, uh, but most of us, like me, aren't so interested in um, becoming costume designers. We love figural art and character art, and that's where we put our passion and love and education is is into that thing. So um, for me, um, I... Uh, I started as an illustrator. Um, I, when I went back to school, I noticed that I loved drawing character 
Um, I did take some fashion design classes and I loved drawing the ideas and I really did not like the sewing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, relatable, I was, I was honestly. Okay. <laughs> I was okay at it. Like there was a time when I was like, oh, I'm going to be a fashion designer. And then, you know, I got behind the sewing machine. I was like, this is so hard. And so I have a lot of, <laughs> you know, for people who can do this and do it beautifully. It's a, it's a true art. So I went back to school. Um, I, I had been working as a freelance illustrator while I started my family, um, went back to school and finished my degree. I was in Minneapolis at the time. I'm a California native, but we were in Minneapolis um, for my husband's career at the time. Um, and so just took a lot of courses in figural drawing, um, you know, a lot of courses in comics and animation and um just trying to take those classes where they they show you some more dynamic posing, um, fabric illustration, um, just anything that I could learn about different textiles and how they moved and how they laid on a figure. That's what I, I th and I would still recommend that that's kind of what you focus on if you want to do something like this. And being able to draw likeness um, is, is really important because what we need to do is show this specific talent, this person who maybe has never been in a role like this before and make it believable to the studio show that this is what this person will look like. This is how they will bring this world to life. Wow. That's so interesting. It's almost like you're trying to come up with the vision before it even makes it on screen, just so people have an idea of what this could look like. If everyone gets behind this, this is what it could actually look like. <laughs> right. and we're, using, we're mostly in pre-production too. So we're usually brought in before most of the talent is, is brought in. And so we'll, you know, we have a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I should say this or not, but like, we'll put people, <laughs> it would be fun. Like we'll put our favorite actors or actresses. And a lot of the time we'll just make random people, you know, we'll just paint random people, but then um, a good portion of our time then is updating the art with whoever's finally been cast. Um, but as you know, like a lot of the times, some of these projects are started with people already attached to them. And so that's really fun too. Oh, that's very exciting. Oh, so fun. I'm already like really into this. I've always wanted to ask these questions and never had the opportunity. So <laughs> you're really bringing us into this world. I've been itching to dive into. It's, it's a really fun place to be, honestly, I think. <laughs> You know, working on a set's really hard, you know, I mean, what these people do, it's extremely hard work. And so um, I think where we are, you know, people often ask if I have fun, if I want to go on set, if it's, yeah, I mean, I think that'd be cool, but that is very, very hard work. And so being able to do what I do and just get really encapsulated in, in my work, <laughs> in like a less hectic, hectic environment, I think is, is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh your most recent project which i can only imagine was the most fun uh you worked on disney's the haunted mansion what was your initial reaction to being on this project uh considering the fact that it's the haunted mansion a very well-established <laughs> like, look I'm in disney ride i am a nerd so um like Spencer and I have talked a little bit, I, I actually come from Disney parks. And so one of my major costume jobs was actually to do, um, I was, I was working in the costume, um, design and development department in Disney parks in Orlando, right before COVID. And so, you know, I mean, parks, that's great. That's a whole other culture. You know, people love, right. parks. um, Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride. It was my parents' favorite ride. It's my favorite ride. Um, so, it's everyone's favorite, right? Let's just be real. <laughs> so when we got the call, 
I mean, let's because haunted mansions like haunted houses are like a thing. And then there's like the Disney version of that, which is way. I mean, of course, they're going to do it's just like the perfect haunted thing if you like are into spooky stuff. Um, So I got the call. Um, I know that they were looking for people. A lot of folks were busy. They were looking for people who could work in studio. Um, Jeffrey does not like to do. He likes his people close to him. He likes them surrounded by art and influences. So the whole working from home thing doesn't work for Jeffrey's process. So he wanted people <laughs> in studio. Um, and this is kind of still during the end. This is a couple of years back. So this is still during the end of COVID. So it was it was tough to do that. Um, so when I got the call and I got the call from Bob Matthews, who's an amazing costume supervisor. And he was like, so it's Haunted Mansion. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Where do you need me to be then? I will. Yeah. I will. And he was Are like, Are we starting oh. tomorrow? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I want, I want this job. Like, this sounds like so much fun. Um, so I was, I was, to answer your question, I was hyper excited for this project. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can only imagine. And uh, you just mentioned a little bit the costume designer was Jeffrey Curland. What was your collaboration with him like? So he's kind of a genius. I mean, if you're familiar with some of his projects, I mean, like everything from Tenet, right, to Haunted Mansion to, I mean, he's he's amazing. Um, I learned a lot from him and I I love working from home post-COVID. I think our job is is really um, suited, it's very suited to working in your own studio, working from home, um, having meetings over Zoom. You might even say it's more um, efficient to do that. For this being one of my first big studio jobs, um, being in a little trailer um, behind Western Costume. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> That's where we were. I see where this is going. <laughs> it was kind of incredible, though. He took all of his calls um, kind of on speakers. So we would all hear everything between him and the director or the studio or the actors. Um, so he wanted all of us to be aware of where this was going and how people were feeling about things. And I loved that. I thought that that was such a wonderful collaborative thing that he did to include us to that level and what, what he was doing. He also had these big, gorgeous mood boards, um, very organized guy. This guy has binders of all of the illustrations, every iteration of illustration, starting with his illustration, because he's an artist in his own right. It's usually like a, a pencil illustration, which he probably, I imagine, would have really taken the time to turn into an art piece had he had the time. But starting with his sketches through all of the iterations that we would make for him. So being surrounded by all of the things that he wanted he needed a backstory for every character. Every character had a backstory for him. So not <laughs> the general public doesn't know all of these backstories, but they're incredible backstories. So everyone I love that. Every ghost had a story. Every ghost had a story. And, you know, we know there were like 999 ghosts, right? So um, <laughs> it was it was a big deal. It was a very cramped trailer with all of these things in it, but it was it was a really great environment to be in. So his process would be, you know, we all read the script, which, you know, changes a lot. Um, generally, the script that I read was pretty darn close to what we ended up with, which is kind of cool. He would he would give you a very detailed illustration, pencil sketch, um, like 11 by 17. He would give you swatches, notions, everything. You had wow. everything. Photos of the fabrics he would choose. 
and you'd be making your own patterns and Photoshop and like putting them on the characters you were illustrating. And we oh, were going, well, for, this is the real deal here. <laughs> yeah. So we were going for like a hyper realism um, in our illustrations. Um, I think one of the examples on my Instagram would probably be like a, a really good example of this so far that I've shared is one of the duelists where mm, if you mm-hmm. have the illustration, you can see <laughs> those are actual photos of the buttons on the costume that is an actual photo of the fabric on the vest that was in that costume like everything was actually what was used um so i mean he's very very thorough and thoughtful and um you know i mean there i i think i shared this with you too that there were things yeah there he is right there there were things where he would hand me some things and I would look at them together and think, wow, I don't know if this is what this is going to look like. (laughs) I don't know, Jeffrey. (laughs) Interesting pattern mixing and and colors together. And then I would put them together in the illustration and they would just be gorgeous. And so I think if I were to say anything that I was sad about with this film is that the ghosts were ghosts. And so they were very ethereal and you couldn't often see the incredible detailing that was in this, he did not, I mean, he did not, none of the ghosts had, you know, their costumes slapped together. Like every, most, most everything was, was made. Wow. That's fascinating. Uh, So many costumes are being made, but then like, it's almost like they kind of like fade away typically as a ghost. That's, that's crazy. It's kind of heartbreaking in ways. Yeah. And I think that's why like Justin Simeon shared some behind the scenes photos of the Mariner on his socials because that was a gorgeous costume and you can't see it like <laughs> behind the scenes i think the bottom left there is that's one of justin's behind the scenes um you know photos and you can see it's like pretty darn close to the illustration yeah no it's right on uh i almost would think that the illustration was done afterwards well, uh, that was my first assignment actually wow well, yeah. well that leads me to my next question uh you know, we've shared quite a bit of your work on Instagram, social media, which I really appreciate. It makes our jobs easier to really understand what it is you did. Uh, and I wanted to start first, actually, with the Mariner. He was causing lots of trouble for our friends in the movie. And I was wondering if he caused you any similar trouble as well. I think the hardest thing with him is his coat is made out of like a waxed uh, canvas. Um, the idea is that it's supposed to be very, very heavy and very weather-worn and trying to like articulate that in, in a visual, like trying to recreate that through digital painting was really kind of difficult. Um, so I think if we, I would bring him, you know, a version and he would say, like, make it, like, make it more worn, make it heavier, make it, you know, so we kept going back and forth that way. It was like, more seaweed you know more barnacles <laughs> so and I, I don't know if you can see it but like even on the I think the top left is the painting that's in the haunted mansion in Anaheim and like kind of tucked under one of his lapels there is a starfish <laughs> in there <laughs> so I did you know we absolutely referenced the original art and then he pulled up some gorgeous photos of like actual seriously weather-worn sailors and and mariners and um just put these things together and he did have like like he was wearing wooden clogs I don't know if you can see maybe in one of Justin's things it's not in my artwork but he had like wooden clogs because he was from this region his cable sweater that you can kind of barely see under that worn pea coat knit to it that actually if you research 
the knit patterns of mariners and things they they the uh depending on what kind of knit it is it tells a story about where they're from and what they what so they researched all of that like all of that is in one character all of that love and research that's so. fascinating just like this one guy who actually is invisible for a majority of his role yeah. in the film yeah. i mean he's kind of a fun a loved and important you know character but yeah we don't see him very much and so we i loved that justin shared those images of just how beautiful this costume was and um yeah he was he was a lot of fun to put together and then of course there was the pipe um this was Jeffrey's idea he thought it would be really kind of fun and weird if you know Justin Simeon could play with this pipe that would be weird because it would be carved with the Mariner's face like it would have <laughs> a face in the pipe and Disney was like yeah we don't do smoking you know yeah. how well, about no you know, I, <laughs> it was a fun concept you know <laughs> I love that idea I was gonna say I was like I don't remember that I feel like that would have <laughs> stuck out to me but I love the idea but there was a fully designed pipe. So <laughs> you guys held on to it till the very end. Yeah. Well, I feel like Elizabeth and I have a deep dive into sailors' knitwear coming up after this because oh, that's yeah. fascinating. Uh, one other character I want to bring up was the mummy ghost, who was pretty spooky looking, and I just imagine this must have been a fun character to work with, uh, considering how spooky. And they even kind of talked about in the film; he was like kind of ugly, and they kind of made fun of him. I felt sad for him. So, uh, what can you tell us about this in particular? And have you always been fond of working with monsters and ghosts? Like, what is what is your thing that excites you, Jen? I would love to do more creature work. Um, a lot of the times, uh, creatures are done by like the art department. Right. It's more character design and less costume. And there was a lot of push in that on this film too, because, you know, even with the paintings, I don't mean to jump ahead or anything, but even with the paintings, he's like, look, is the person in the painting, this is Jeffrey saying this, like, you know, to the director, to the art department, is that character in the painting wearing a costume? Okay. Then I have to, just, there's like a right. person who's going to have to be photographed. We're not just going to leave it to the art department to make a beautiful painting if it's going to be cohesive with the rest of the look of the costumes i need to have some say oh, so complicated but so necessary we we've talked a lot about like you know guillermo del toro films guy davis usually does like a lot of those illustrations for the monsters and it's just very fascinating well i mean if you've seen the movie you can see <laughs> the art department the set built i mean it's this <laughs> It is very much a costume movie, but that mm -hmm. the star of that movie is that mansion. That is gorgeous. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, I'm looking everywhere in that film. But for The Mummy, um, this was fun because, you know, um, it was a mummy, right? So Jeffrey was just like, okay, here's here's some resource like some research that we did just like give me some mummies like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what else to say about this one ideas, you know <laughs> and the issue with this and with a, a few other characters too was that um and you probably noticed this too in the documentary you watched if you did see the documentary on the haunted mansion that disney put out on disney plus there was a push and pull with the haunted mansion between fun and scary. Mm -hmm. So they do talk about in the movie, which I loved. I was so glad to see this because I love <laughs> this character, how scary he was. Um, but I did notice uh, that um, they gave him 
they gave the visual effects team, they gave him some eyes. And so not having the eyes might have been pushing that boundary into the scary realm a little too much. Uh, yeah, um, yeah that's, that is what it is. Creepy. So this but this was we were like, all right, he's he's, a, you know, we're going to make him scary. We're going to start there. And I think Jeffrey was very much in camp scary. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to see like a really scary movie. Um, so this was our mummy. This was what we submitted. And it was really great to see that they even kept his arm, you know, kind of bound up. And uh, it was pretty close to what we what we submitted for for approval. Um, so, yeah. That's so funny. I, I literally want to, as soon as we're done talking, I'm going to go back and watch this movie again. Just talking about it makes me want to get back into Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good. It's so good to hear about your collaboration with Jeffrey, especially considering right now there's a lot of conversation about the use of AI and being a member of the Costume Diners Guild and the Concept Art Association and knowing the process it takes to, you know, work with others and create such beautiful work. When it comes to AI, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the explosion and use of AI and what it means for concept artists. So we've already seen it coming into our sphere of, you know, of work. So I think what's difficult for us right now is there's there's no rules or regulation around this at all. Um, and if you, you know, look into concept artists who have been fighting in this, I mean, Carla Ortiz has been an amazing voice in this fight. There have been quite a few of us who have been jumping in because Carla was able to go on and see that her actual artwork was used to train these things. And so my understanding right now is that if you went into one of these, uh, like you went into like a mid journey or one of the more there, you know, there's different versions of, of these AI programs and some of them are more intense than others, but you could essentially just say, make me something that looks like this in Carla Ortiz's style. And they can just do that. And that's very frustrating for a lot of us. Um, so I don't know if my art has been used, um, to train these models, but, um, coming from an illustration background, any of the work that I did before getting into this type of work is kind of gone. Um, so anything from book covers, poster designs, editorial illustrations, advertisements, I mean, it's mostly everyone seems to want to experiment with AI and so they're not calling any of us. Um, and when I say us, I mean like the broader illustration community in general. So that's that's hard. You have people who still are paying on their school loans, right? Who really took seriously and dedicated, you know, their time to developing this this talent. I mean, I think there's a huge misconception too, and this is why people don't feel like it's robbery. Is that this is just something we're born with innately? <laughs> I've been drawing forever. This is a passion of mine that I've nurtured over the years. And I don't know of any artist who is born with this ability. You you really do have to, to work at it um, and feed it and help it grow. And so to have um, folks come in and experiment with this product that is using our years of work and our energy to essentially take our place, it's kind of, you know, it's like painful. It's really, it's really frustrating. So a lot of us have been getting involved. It's not new for illustration professionals that their art is often stolen and used by like Timu or Target or whoever. And before, and usually it's very hard to have the resources, time, money to go after these companies and seek compensation. 
Um, you know, certainly myself, I don't have the resources to get a legal team together to go after, say, Target or Walmart or whoever. Um, so it was just kind of this thing that we just bemoaned and accepted about our profession. With this, however, we, I think, have become much more organized behind it, especially through the Concept Art Association. And it, it's just, it's obvious stealing. And, you know, like, it's just, it just doesn't seem like there should be much discussion about the, that fact. But there, <laughs> there are people who love it. And I do... I mean, I hate to say this, but I, I do think it's it's inevitable that this will become part of our pipeline um, somewhere, which as long as it's done fairly and we are being asked whether or not we want to participate, we are being compensated if we are participating. I don't necessarily see a problem with it. I just think if I if I do see it as a threat, the problem right now is that it's just completely unregulated and you know, what's at this point, um, if you can do this, what else can you get away with when you're taking art from people? I mean, I've had people say on social media, um, no one should own art. I I love that. And, you know, <laughs> I love that. And, and the idea of that, that's a very beautiful idea. But, but. That's, <laughs> but that's not it's I'm, your livelihood when you when you've made. Yeah, when it when it's become your profession. Um, and, and it is corporate artwork, right? You're working for like a corporation or a studio or what have you. Um, it is already, you know, monetized. And so people need to be compensated fairly for that. It doesn't make sense that people would put their love into something and, and an entity could just go and continue to make money off of it. If anyone's curious about it, look into the, the story of the artist who created the love sculpture. Um, and we see that recreated literally everywhere. And, and he made that with the idea that art should not be owned. And so, um, you know, it's beautiful, but we see it. We see a lot of people making money off of, of that. And so you have to ask yourself whether or not you think that that beautiful idea he had in corporate America is being actualized properly the way he intended. Wow. It's I mean, thank you so much for sharing about that, because this is something that we've been talking about quite a bit. And it's it's just like we're in this wild west right now where people are able to just steal art and make sure people aren't compensated. And it's just we got to do whatever we can to reverse that. I mean, actors are paid for their work. Costume designers are paid for their work. Not as much, I would say. Not as much as they should be, I'd say. But, you know, artists should be too. And if we don't want, if you all don't want to be involved in that process, uh, there needs to be consent. There needs to be compensation. Yeah, it's just, I can't believe this is happening. And I hope things do change in the near future. But I'm glad that we have people like you and so many other artists standing up against this. I hope that everyone listening uh, also takes time to think on this issue and understand what you can do to... Um, make things right. Well, if I could add just one quick thing on that, in a broader sense, um, there's a bigger question I think society needs to ask themselves, which is who owns you? Who owns your image? There's um, potentially, and this is you're seeing this with the strikes with SAG-AFTRA too. And I think that whatever happens with that, you know, people are chalking it up to money and movies and whatever and actors and it's bigger than that. It's, um, you know, if I post pictures of my kid on my social media account and somebody thinks that they'd be perfect for their ad campaign and suddenly animates my child and, you know, uses them for an entire, who owns that image, you know? And this right. has been a question for a long time that we've never defined as a culture, as a people. Um, and so this is, in in my opinion, this is really going to affect potentially everyone who owns your likeness, who owns you. 
if you just exist in the world, uh, we're running toward a situation where you can just be generated and used to promote product and industry. And, um, you know, I, if think on that, think on that, please too, like <laughs> just decide if that's what you want or, um, cause I don't think it's okay. There's no rules around this at all yet. Right. It's yeah, I definitely, I think that's great. I think we all do need to think on that and, and think on it for a little bit too. Don't say it, your answer right away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, thank you so much for sharing on that. I'm very happy to have your voice in this industry. And I hope that this is something you keep speaking on because I think you have a lot to contribute. Let's head back to the Haunted Mansion for a little bit. We still have a few more fun uh, ghosts to talk about. Uh, for example, I particularly love the art you created for the organist and the singer. Um, they're very ghostly, but in ways felt very beautiful and referential to New Orleans culture, which I'm obsessed with New Orleans. I think it's such a beautiful place. Elizabeth and I have been there together. It's my favorite trip I've ever been on. So uh, talk a little bit about these two ghosts that we saw. This illustration, um, the influences here were like Fats Waller and um, Cab Calloway. Oh. Um, and we knew that <laughs> we were, there were some rumors about who actually would be this character, uh, who would cast this character, but we never see his face, um, which is why <laughs> I like the second one, I just kind of blurred his face a bit because it's, we never see him. Um, <laughs> And I did see on like some Haunted Mansion board, people were like, why does he have this long like top coat? And it was like, oh, those are tails. Like he he had a different vibe, you know, when we when Jeffrey was designing him and his concept was that those tails would just like go on forever. Mm. And they did cut them short in the film a little bit, but they're still quite long, <laughs> which is odd and fun. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He was going to be a little jazzier um, as a as a pianist, as an organist. So, yeah. Oh, so fun. And then the singer is so beautiful. Uh, I She was kind of giving me Billie Holiday vibes a little bit when I saw her stay next to the organist. Yes. And um, the actress that I used for her face, I think it's Andra Day, who's just beautiful. And she was amazing um, portraying Billie Holiday. Um, and then I think Ashley John is the name of the beautiful actress that played her in the film. And uh, yeah, so we she was Lady Blue. And so the concept art for her, there was a time when we were experimenting, like, are all of these ghosts going to have like different colored, like skin color, like blues and greens and like reds and, you know, or are they just going to be ghostly? And it seems like we came out with a variety of those ideas. Like, mm, a, mm -hmm. um, so she stayed, she's blue, you know, she's Lady Blue is blue. Um, so yeah, it was really fun to see that kind of come to life. <laughs> it came out so beautifully. So beautifully. Also, who came out beautifully was probably my favorite character, Kent, played by Owen Wilson. Um, <laughs> I particularly love your art for him because it is just so detailed. It really <laughs> is beautiful. And how important is that kind of detail when it comes to them then having to physically make these ideas? Like even a top stitch, you could see it. Yeah. Yes, Jeffrey had a whole story. So I'm so glad that I could share kind of what his influences were for these costumes. Um, Jeffrey's story for Kent was that all of his clothing came from like um, church donations. 
So he basically would go in and like people would donate clothing to the church and he would pull out anything that was black and looked kind of, you know, appropriate for him as a priest. Um, Very cool. If you can notice, like none of the blacks match, like you have the faded black sweater vest underneath, <laughs> and like the blue black jacket and like, the you know, more brownish reddish black like they're just all different tones of black and of different varieties of of wear the shoes you know were such a fun choice you know, like what do you do like you're given a character of a priest right what's jeffrey gonna do like right. what's, jeffrey makes it this 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 is what jeffrey does with the <laughs> yeah if i saw a priest i would just google priest i'm like okay there you go the gloves and the hat and there's the big gaudy cross with the ropes. but and he had like at one point he had like I know he had worry he was wearing like worry beads prayer beads on his wrists and he had something you didn't see in the film <laughs> was um a watch so he had a watch in some of the concept art that just said like I it was like I love Jesus like <laughs> <laughs> things that would be donated um, it's very off beat and, you know, he, I mean, I don't know anybody who would, okay, he's a priest done, done. Right. Looks like Not Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you know, all of these characters had choices and decisions that they made and what they wore. And this is a great example of, of how he works, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, you can see like, even in your illustration though, like the blacks aren't exactly matching either. And you could see like the red top stitching on, you can see the pockets. It's just very detail oriented, which it's, I mean, I could stare at all day, all day. It's very, very fun. Yeah. <laughs> Some great concepts of like the pajamas and the, you know, it was just, <laughs> I'll have to put them out at some point. But <laughs> yeah, send, send us all of them, honestly. Well, Jen, this has been so exciting. Uh, I'm so glad you got to join us. But looking back on Haunted Mansion, what did that experience mean to you? And what words of advice might you have for our listeners, especially those aspiring to become concept artists or illustrators who might be inspired by your work on Haunted Mansion or some of the other projects like Violent Night or American Horror Stories? What what can you tell us? Uh, well, I think my biggest piece of advice is, you know, social media has made us all really accessible. I would not be doing this if it weren't for the kindness of some of the people, you know, who have helped me out. Um, I reached out to people that I admired and they responded. Um, so I had a lot of help from like Phil Boutet Jr., who's kind of amazing, right? Yeah, just kind um, of, <laughs> kind of really <laughs> amazing. amazing. He's, he's incredible and so very kind. And um, Greg Hopwood was, was very helpful as a mentor in the beginning. Um, I should say too, that there were, there were four of us on this project, four illustrators, um, and so uh, I wanted to mention um, Barbara Arujo uh, was she did a lot of the principal characters. Um, Andrew Sen kind of came in at the end of the project, too. And Rashawn Lee um, is responsible for the beautiful illustration of Madame Leota. So if you're looking oh. at features, um, that's Rashawn's artwork that um, Jamie Lee Curtis is saying is so amazing. And they do show her artwork at the end, which is really cool. Oh, Awesome. So, yeah, I just there are a lot of amazing people that have responded to me and helped me out, you know. So um, if this is something you want to do, make sure that you have a solid foundation in um, traditional 
figure drawing, make sure you understand how a body works. Proportions is always a big thing. Make sure you know how to illustrate paint likeness. Um, that's important. Make sure you understand fabrics, have a good knowledge of textiles and how they work. And then just start talking to people, start making art, put it out there, um, ask people for advice, see if you can get anyone to take you on um, in a mentorship. And then, yeah, I mean, just see about joining wonderful organizations like the Concept Art Association is amazing. There are incredible unions and guilds that you can become a part of if this is something that you want to do. But yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody's been really, really nurturing and wonderful for me. And um, reach out, reach out to your heroes. That's beautiful. And what has this project meant to you? I mean, this was your first oh, big like studio big, film. Big studio I, film. I mean... Having Haunted Mansion, um, I don't know, did I already mention about the background in parks and how, you know, I'm kind of a nerd for Disney culture anyway. Um, <laughs> and going from designing operational costumes at, at Disney parks and, um, you know, come, kind of coming full circle and then having my first big project be based on a parks ride, like my favorite parks ride. <laughs> It meant a lot and it was incredibly validating to be invited to work on a project of this scale, you know, um, be invited to collaborate on something like this. Uh, it meant a lot to be a part of something like this. Um, and I learned a ton from from everyone that I had a chance to to work near. It was really great. Well, it came out beautifully. It was such a fun movie. And costume concept artist jen hancock thank you so much for joining us thank it's been you. such a pleasure to have you here we we need to have you back on anytime you yes. do anything <laughs> you have a spot here oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much this was a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna take a quick break and elizabeth and i will be right back to talk about some of our favorite costumes thanks jen thank you Hi, this is Dan, audio engineer of the podcast, here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome TeePublic merch with the podcast logo, such as a shirt, coffee mug, stickers, and of course, a baby onesie. Thanks for all your support. learning about costume concept illustration <laughs> it's just too. something i've always wanted to learn about you know we've met so many of these artists over the time not on mm -hmm. a podcast but uh it's just such an incredible art form and yeah. i really love their conversation especially some of the uh, notes we got into about like ai which yeah. was very um enlightening and i hope that's a conversation we'll keep carrying but also just seeing how this art translates into the film or vice versa and how these costume concept artists really play such a vital role in the costume design process of these films like Haunted Mansion. I mean, they, they really are such an integral part. I know it's just, 
it's so interesting to learn about all the different aspects of costume design. And, you know, we always see these like beautiful illustrations. It's so nice to talk to, you know, one of the people who actually made it. You know, sometimes it's the, co- as she said, sometimes it's the costume designer. Mm-hmm. But so many times it's it's an illustrator, an artist. And it's so nice to kind of see like, oh, what is this process like? Yeah. Yeah. It was very enlightening. And I just got to say, the costumes in Haunted Mansion oh, were fantastic. So good. They were one of the best parts by far. Oh, yeah. I I love it. I was kind of like, I was reading around a little bit and the director, uh, Justin, said he wanted it to feel timeless, even though it is, you know, in a modern setting. And the costumes really do that. And like when you think about just like the aesthetic of like the mansion and the haunted mansion aesthetic, as we were talking about before the interview, it's like you couldn't have have had something starkly modern yeah, or something like super like vintage. And Jeffrey Curlin really, really got that balance. Yeah, he really got to the heart of it. And, you know, we've talked about New Orleans quite a bit. And I feel like New Orleans itself has like a timeless kind of very specific aesthetic as well, too. So it's really interesting to see that culture kind of carry into the mansion as well. Um, especially with characters like uh, Tiffany Haddish's character. Oh, my gosh. The medium. <laughs> I She was so funny in this film. I was obsessed with her. Harriet was incredible harriet yeah yeah and i loved her costume too there was so much detail i think what my favorite part of this film in terms of the costumes was the use of like textiles lots of interesting stripes and patterns and there's a lot of interesting patterns if you look at Mm -hmm. everyone's costume throughout the film and sometimes it might be hard to see because it's a little bit of a darker film but if you just look closely It's kind of purposeful, actually. I bet you the costumes are kind of blending into the house as well. But they stick out with the patterns, and it's masterful. They definitely do not shy away from pattern or texture, and it is so beautiful. And Spencer, you know what time it it is? It's It's time, time. huh? Yeah. (laughs) You want to play our favorite game? Let's do it. I'm ready. The one costume to rule them all. Spencer, what's your one costume to rule them all? Okay, I said I was ready, but I don't think I actually (laughs) am ready. But I'm just going to blurt out the first thing that came to my head, which is, of course, the incredible, incredible costume that Jamie Lee Curtis (gasps) wore as Madame Leota. I mean, come on. I mean, we saw that dress in the trailers months before the filming came out. Oh, yeah. And I already knew it was the one costume to rule them all. <laughs> yeah. No, it is beautiful. It, I love how it, ma- it makes her look like this just like fantastical being who has stepped off like the pages of like a fairy tale. Right. Like, <laughs> Which is actually what I believe Jamie Lee Curtis to be, by the way, is just this fantastical other real being. So it just all worked together. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. <laughs> that tracks. Uh, but that headpiece, the like kind of crown, it just was so beautiful. And I was so excited for the end when we get to 
see the costume one more time because I was a little bummed out at first when I was like, oh, no, she's going to be in a crystal ball the entire time. Yeah. I want to see that costume. We got a little sneaky bit at the end. So, yeah, uh, yeah that costume deserves to be in a museum. Absolutely. It was fantastic. But what about you, though? Okay. I'm, I'm... So my one costume to rule them all isn't so much one costume to rule them all. Okay. It's kind of like the. Uh, oh, no. Kate Holly and... got to you. She's helping you break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Breaking the rules. Um, it's kind of just uh, the entire rack of costumes for Tiffany Haddish's character of Harriet. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's fair. It's like she steps onto the screen and you're like, oh, I know who this person is. Yeah. I she was my second choice, honestly. We were talking about before we even got on air. Harriet's costumes, beautiful. Beautiful. And it's like they're so outrageous because it's like there's this like slight kind second when you first meet Harriet when you're like, is she a fraud? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Like, what's happening here? But very quickly, it's like, no, she's a medium. This is just who she is. Yeah. She's this wonderfully outrageous person. <laughs> and it just, look to look, it just, it's beautiful. Especially, yeah. like, even her, like, nightgown. Her, <laughs> yeah, with a little, with a little hat. hat. And the <laughs> and the robe. And she's like, what's going on? <laughs> like, it's all yeah, perfect. She's so funny. It's true. The costume does serve as a little bit of a story point because you're right. At first glance, you're like, I think this lady is a fraud. And she's wearing a costume, you know, yeah. like from a story point of view. You're like, she's dressing up like a medium to convince us. But by the end, you're like, oh, no, no, she is serious. She's yeah. just... She's just deeply unserious and serious at the same time. Yeah. It's like she has a look that she likes and she she's just going with it. <laughs> this entire group of people was like that Logan Roy quote from Succession where he's like, I love you all, but you are not serious people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if you would like to tell us about your one costume to rule them all or your thoughts about, you know, the Haunted Mansion, you can leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826 or email us at theartofcostume at gmail.com. Spencer, what are we watching next week? Elizabeth, we <laughs> are, <laughs> I'm going to say you and I are re-watching <laughs> We are going to be watching on Disney Plus Hamilton the Musical, which yes. I'm very excited about, especially because we were going to release this episode right back, if you all remember, when a bunch of strikes were announced. Yes. So we put that episode on pause. This is actually a little bit of another uh, Crimson Peak where this episode has been a... Uh... <laughs> recorded for a hot second <laughs> we've been marinating our hamilton episode uh but i'm very excited to get back into it the costumes of hamilton by paul taswell are brilliant plus i'm excited yes. for another change of pace we've never done like theater costumes yeah, before so that's true for the end of the year we're really shaking it up we are <laughs> keeping you ready. all on your toes yes um, plus, who doesn't love Hamilton? I don't trust anyone who doesn't love Hamilton. I know there's people out there, and I don't trust them. I, I understand the sentiment. 
<laughs> it, it's so good. I also, I just like personally, I really like Hamilton because it kind of got me like back into musicals. There you go. Like I like I had liked musicals in like middle and high school, and then just kind of dropped off in college. Didn't really know what was happening, and then like it got me back into musicals. I feel the exact same way. And if you all feel the exact same way, make sure you let us know on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod, on TikTok at the Art of Costume. Don't forget to hit up our merch store at theartofcostume.com slash pod store and leave us a five-star text review on Apple Podcasts or you can rate us on Spotify too, which really does help. It does. And everybody have a lovely autumnal week. It's November <laughs> now, Spencer. It's yeah, November. It, enjoy it. And we're officially leaving spooky season yes. behind, yes. which hard pill to swallow. But I know. It's, we're going to have a good time for the rest Just of the year. Everybody embrace the fall leaves. Go apple picking. Maybe, maybe pick some pumpkins. Okay. Bake a pie. I don't know. Choose your fall activity of choice. Like an <laughs> apple cider or something yes. before our peppermint lattes get here very yes. shortly. Yeah. Before we break out the peppermint schnapps. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. You already broke it out. <laughs> Maybe the other week when my family had a bonfire. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see you all next week. The Art of Costume podcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on TikTok at The Art of Costume and Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more podcast updates, costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, go to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. always liked owen wilson although like he's not like you don't see him all the time he's like he makes his hits count. i feel like he's yeah <laughs> and excuse me for a second because i think anyone's about to have a panic attack if she doesn't get in my room oh, okay <laughs> we wouldn't want that i was trying to ignore her but, like, the meows and the scratching just got, like, louder and louder. Say <laughs> hi to Spencer. Hi. Oh, my gosh. You're so cute. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, what were we talking about? Uh, Haunted Mansion. Well, and Owen Wilson. Right. <laughs> but were you?